Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. Well, hello, everyone. This is your host, Chris, again. Uh, this is Inside the Sequel. You know what this is. This is the podcast where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love and attention. And we bring on really cool people to talk about really sus sequels. And I probably have the most sus guest the podcast has ever had with maybe the defining sequel of this entire show, I would say. I have the lovable YouTuber, Nathan Jones. Nathan, how are you? Is that a beer? It is a beer. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I've had a few. Uh, I'm doing good. How are you, Chris? I'm great. Hey, remember, this is a clean show. This is a, a family root, show. Root beer. A root beer. Oh, okay. I was going to say, Come on, kids guys. listen to this and yeah. uh, elderly people. And um, I think this is played in Gautamato Bay still, too, for torture. Shoot. <laughs> I was going to say, if I mean, like, you know, give me a, a root beer. Hold the root. How about I give you one beer and then another beer? Wash it down with one beer. Two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And a third beer. No, don't, no, no torture, please. <laughs> Isn't that wrestling references already? Jeez. Uh, we're gonna have some wrestling references tonight, I think. <laughs> Further, uh, but Nathan, man, this is the first time I'm. I'm so nervous to have you on here because, I mean, I'm, I've been such a fan of your YouTube for years, and I never thought I would meet you, let alone have you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but here you are. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the feeling's mutual. I've been listening to your pod for a few years, and, or actually, well, the YouTube, YouTube channel before, um, and you know, I. It's crazy, um, but um, after all this time, you know, after living in the the same location, kind of near near the same spot, I was like, you know what? Let me reach out to him. See if I can do this. Yeah, the weird thing is, I definitely did not reach out to you to be on this show. You came to me, which is crazy. I'm like, you know, I feel like I am bigger than most. I like to, you know, finesse my influence in the podcasting world and, you know, not seek out guests. I like to have them come to me, hence why I've had such amazing guests already on this podcast before. That just might be your secret of the views. <laughs> wow, we were on the same wavelength. Nathan, this is the first episode you've been on since uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Chihuahua. <laughs> One of the, uh, maybe the most commercial successful episodes of this entire podcast? Well, I mean, it's a commercially successful film, right? So That is, along with this movie, which is actually interesting enough as it is. This is another one of those meme episodes. Where, it, is, it is a meme episode. Where it's like people are like, ah, oh, is he, they really going to do this episode? And then they do, and they learn a thing or two, have an appreciation, and then start standing it on Twitter, and then forgetting who started that trend. Right. <laughs> it's exactly that. I, <laughs> It's funny because I, I remember we had we had drinks the other like like a week or two ago. Don't have don't say that. We drink like every night. Uh, well, 
Uh, well, I'm saying like the the idea of this pod, mm-hmm. like it was like, hey, we should do like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, Secret of the Use, and you're like, really? It's like, it's like, it was like, yeah, let's do it. And What's crazy is we didn't talk about what the movie we're talking about till now, but bruh. yes, today uh, today's episode is on TMNT two, Secret of the Use. Look who's back. Michelangelo. You dudes want to play too? <laughs> Around the world! Donatello. Yeah! Leonardo. Hey! Raphael. Yeah! yeah. All the good ones, Andy, you know. <laughs> hey, Mike, you think you could punch any louder? I can still hear out of this one. Any luck finding a new place to live yet? Ah! And I thought all the really good dungeons were in Europe. Ah! I just like to say hello. Would you give me that one? Shredder! The past returns, my son. That's the canister that had the ooze. That transformed us all. Well, you're the last one, aren't you? He's got the canister! Get it! Whoa! This time. It's one for all. You take the ugly one. No, you take the ugly one. Which one's the other one? And all for... Pizza? Hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. The Secret of the Ooze. Um... I guess you could say we're the Bebop and Rocksteady of this movie, or of this uh, episode, since we're just, like, making jokes and uh, we're deformed animals as well. Well, don't reveal our true form, man. <laughs> but, Nathan, what, what, what are you up to, bucko? Like, what have you been up? Like, you been doing YouTube stuff? Yeah, I've been doing some YouTube stuff. Um, I just finished my ABC movie challenge, so I've been watching, I guess, uh, a film in my collection going through A to Z, unwatched films, and that was a nice little thing that I did. And actually, I'm about to start up a new challenge since it's been about a, a month of that challenge. And I feel like a lot of people have kind of, you know, went through that challenge and had a good time with it. But other than that, um, I have a um, 100 Years of Movies series that I've been doing on my channel where I talk about each decade um, from uh, the 1920s all the way up to 2020. And uh, I have a, a guest coming up soon for that. So that's what you know what i've been doing i've always wanted to ask why do you do the 1920s there's not like any good movies from that decade why not just you know skip past it start when it start real, real films started coming out the 70s silence <laughs> that's all i'll say nathan you don't have to pretend to like 1920s movies because everyone else on twitter does it's okay you're the you're in the youtube world He's reading from a cue card, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, which, by the way, I need to start putting cue cards in my channel. That would make things a little bit more flashy. What happened to your Baby Yoda that you used to have on the channel? That thing's... Did you give it up for adoption? No, 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 no. Oh. Baby Yoda's there. <laughs> he's, he's still there. He's just off He's off camera. He'll pop up if I want to get views. I will bring up... I will talk about Star Wars. <laughs> if, I want, if I want more views, I'll talk about Star Wars. I'll bring Baby Yoda back from the shadows. Oh, nice. Well, you see, Nathan, I, I do, too, also have a YouTube channel. I, I'm not sure most people know that. Um, but we do things like rants, um, ranking sus and simp films. And 
I, I like to think we're on the higher echelon of the YouTube world. Um, from where you're standing, am I above the, pe- uh, like, am I high on the pedestal for you, or um, do I got a lot of catching up to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but na- uh, for those who are first, for the first time, I guess, t- turning, tuning in, and it's for a turtle. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? Um, right. <laughs> um, Nathan and I are going to dissect this 1991 film. Um, and Nathan, you actually were the one that approached me for it. That's true. Um, before we even get into um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I got to ask, man. So this movie came out in 1991. Right. What year were you born again? A year after. So, like, did you watch this movie when it was in theaters in the womb? Or, like, did you have to seek it out? I don't think so. I don't think my mom and dad went to the theaters for this one, um, but I, I, I know I watched this, you know, like around 95, 96 when I was a kid and definitely fell in love with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as most 80s and 90s kids would. Yeah, and this is a kid's movie, so Nathan, like... is a kid. I'm a kid. Y- yeah, and like, I know you love watching your, your come and sees and anything on the Criterion <laughs> channel and... Um, My silent pictures. Yeah, I think you bought that new Serbian film um, Blu-ray release that recently came out. I saw it on the shelf. That's all. That's as far as I've gotten. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know you're gonna like probably buy it and just like display it for a video or two. It's cool. Um, When's that next giveaway? By the way, I haven't received my Blu-rays. Um, we got to cut here. (laughs) Well. What I was gonna say is like, okay, so the '90s I think were ripe for us for like you know. Uh, like watching and rem- reminiscing about like kids shows and kids movies especially now at like i feel like in our age group i know you're a millennial and i technically am too we are like going through a renaissance of like the 90s culture coming right. back in style with clothing even with like pop culture references like you, t- you like anime dbz um Ronnie kenshin neon genesis Evangelion. these things are getting more popular again um i mean as someone who was born in the early '90s, like, how do you feel when you go like to rewatch? Do you rewatch often, like a lot of movies, like as a kid? Because I know I usually do, but I, I don't know. Do you? I haven't recently, just because I have such a watch list. Um, only like on special occasions like this do I really revisit things. I haven't, I haven't been in like a revisiting mood in a long, like, a long time. It's usually a special occasion thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would assume that most people who are listening to this also, if you have a collection or you just keep <laughs> buying things, you just you, you have a hard time like kind of revisiting things that you used to watch all the time. But then obviously, you know, if you uh, want to revisit things, if you're having like a rough day or um, just special occasions popped up, then yeah, of course, then I want to watch things that I've watched many, many times when I was a kid, like this movie, for instance. Uh, I mean, I, I used to have this on VHS and then DVD and then now Blu-ray. So yeah, it's uh, it's something that I I don't do often and I wish I did more. Yeah, maybe you should stop like watching westerns every morning you wake up. Only on Sundays, buddy. Oh, the Lord's Day. Yeah, it's the Lord's Day. Do you think God is a westerns guy or no? I've kind of pondered this at times. I mean, it, well, it determines whether I want to go to heaven. Is if like if he's a westerns guy, I don't want to go. <laughs> um, but he, here's the thing, Nathan. Do you do you have like some childhood movies that like? You know, like you stand, like you came to me for this movie, so I assume you really enjoyed this and the Turtles movies, which is I'm glad to know because I love that 1990 movie. Um, but like, are there other movies that come to mind where you're like, this is like my like whoa there, like this is like my thing as a kid? Like, I mean, if you know, with the 90s re- Renaissance, you know, like you're always like, should I keep like my 
WWF t-shirt still because like that's being popular in fashion now, but I still have mine. Like, I mean, are you like that? Like, what do you stand? Well, I'm, I'm not in the attitude era anymore, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I would say around this time of my childhood, um, when I was, you know, like I said, I, I watched this probably when I was like four or five years old, uh, for the first time, which is a few years after it came out. Uh, and also watched the original, obviously mm-hmm. the first film as well. Um, but a lot of this stuff, like I was in, into dinosaurs a lot. So like I watched Jurassic Park early on as a kid and like really loved dinosaurs and like pretty much just creatures, like creatures and, and anything that had fighting involved. So I, you know, there would be like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie mm-hmm. was like a big thing growing up. And obviously, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was no exception to that. Um, Street Sharks. <laughs> Like the ripoffs, <laughs> the ripoffs of like uh, what's the um, gargoyles? Gargoyles, I love gargoyles, and I also um, enjoyed um, the Batman animated series. What's the what's the dinosaurs? Why can't I think of um, the dinosaurs? oh Digimon? Not no no no. It's it's <laughs> literally like it's like shark. It's like um, street sharks, um, extreme dinosaurs. That's what it is. Extreme dinosaurs uh, was a show, and if anyone's listening to this and remembers <laughs> this. This was like pretty much a ripoff of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like that's the that's the shell, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and Street Sharks would take from that, and then you know the the third tier would be Extreme Dinosaurs. Um, so look it up. But yeah, of course I watched like you know Gargoyles, um, obviously Disney and, and and all those things. I mean that's pretty jawsome, dude. Jawsome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gonna say like something spectacular, but I can't remember what the what all the lines were. How come we never got like an animated TV show of the Gorgonites adventures? I don't know, but Small Soldiers was my first PG thirteen movie. I remember that. You sneak to watch that one? Nah, mom bought on VHS. <laughs> Your mom knew you were more mature than she didn't look at the fucking ratings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like okay, so you yeah, I mean I know you like you're one of those people who. Like, you remember distinctively a lot of, like, your childhood things because it influences a lot of, like, your adult um, tastes. Like, I remember you were – I was listening to um, the Cobwebs episode where you're um, talking about samurai films with Daniel, which was a fun episode. I I like when Daniel gets educated instead of Daniel doing the educating, you know? He has, like, such a dad thing about that. Well, I'm turning into a dad myself, so watch it. You know, birthday, <laughs> birthday's coming up. I heard you got a buzz cut for that episode too. I well, I, I shaved a little bit, like a top knot came came about. I shaved the top of my head. Um, it was all in preparation. Right, right. Well, I thought you guys would grow your hairs out and get like the man bun for the samurai films you were talking about. But you were what what came out to me was you were talking about things like Ronan Kenshin. Um, like these early, early like samurai stuff that influenced like your taste in that. Granted, I didn't hear you acknowledge Samurai Jack at all. Maybe it's because it was Adult Swim and that's at the deep end. And you weren't ready to swim there yet. Yeah, I wasn't ready to swim. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, uh, I definitely watched Samurai Jack and I was about to try to rap, but I definitely couldn't do that. Like uh, Samurai Champloo as well, you know, and uh, Samuel Jackson and his exploits. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I enjoyed all that stuff, but yeah, Ronnie Kenshin would be like the, like what was definitely like my bread and butter growing up, and um, but yeah, no, I definitely remember fondly uh, growing up with a lot of those anime and action adventure and like fantasy, obviously, mm-hmm. and like you know Godzilla '98. I know you're a big fan of, and 
a lot of those monster films, you know, as we were as as, as kids. I think the biggest thing about 98, since you mentioned Godzilla 98, I, I, I'm more of a fan of the Wallflower song that starts that, the opening for that. And I also like when they sing that one song. No, I, we'll have a clip probably somewhere. Listen, there. Uh, I haven't seen this movie since '98, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a long time. <laughs> well, I mean, do you remember? Do you remember watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like the animated shows? That's my big question. Yes, of course, and, and I'm talking about the '80s show. Okay, um, like that's the that's the one I watched growing up. The um, one that's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage. Yeah, like with Krang and Bebop yeah. and Rocksteady, of course, and Shredder. Um, yeah, of course. I used to. I have actually. Um, I used to have. Um, unfortunately, I do not have it anymore. But I used to have the DVD collection um, with uh, in the Turtle Van. So, oh yeah, yeah. I used to have that, um, but um, I got rid of it. I don't know why, but I did. Um, but yeah, I love that show. Yeah. What about the early two thousands one? Which I got to give it credit. That was a really good cartoon show. Yeah, that was like right when I was like kind of coming out of it. But I do remember watching like the first few seasons and really enjoying it. Yeah. Did you like have like cousins or friends like where you bought like all the like the get ups like the the you know the eye covering and like bought all the to- like the weapons and like. You told your friends like, "Oh, you're Mikey and I'm Raphael or something like that." Um, I didn't I didn't really cosplay as any of them when I was growing up. I definitely did some Power Ranger stuff, I, I if I recall, but I, I would say that like I got some of the action figures more from like the 90s, like the um the lines from like you know Hasbro and uh, Todd McFarlane stuff. Yeah, like I, I remember a lot of that stuff growing up in, in the 90s uh, and seeing a lot of those action figures. You know, to I know we're like j- joking around and juicing and stuff, but here's the thing. I think it's so fun to like go back. I, I am someone who likes to revisit childhood stuff. I think anybody who knows me knows I would like to reference it a lot, but I think being excited to talk about turtles is a big thing for me because like you mentioned, like things like of that nature were coming out often and it was so cool. Like you think about like the late 90s, early 2000s, I mean, I was dressing up like one of the turtles. I was, I mean, I dressed up as a Power Ranger. Which was your favorite color, by the way? Was it red too? Um, for you me, seemed like a blue ranger to me. No, I always went between white and black. I mean, you do look like a white ranger. I'm not going to lie. Zing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I definitely picked uh, between uh, the white and black ranger. Nice. Usually I would go back and forth because I always loved that dichotomy. Yeah, yeah. And the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is like the most iconic for sure. Yeah. But like also like dressing up like uh, the late 90s Batman with like where he wore the gray suit instead you mean of... the nipple suit? <laughs> well, no. Remember like... Like the early the one before, like the Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. cartoon, he wore like a gray suit with the black cape and the yellow, um, or like the black bat signia. That was always a really cool get up. As like, I feel like as a kid, it was really fun to be in, like growing up in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, absolutely. And toys yeah. were cooler then too. Yeah, because um, I mean, there were obviously we didn't have money then because we were children. <laughs> But I, I do remember going, you know, to like KB Toys and, yeah. and um, uh, like Toys R Us and, and those places. And really just, um, you know, like like uh, I would say like I would have like a monthly allowance. And that's kind of what I would spend my money on um, with my parents. And so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, in like the late 90s for sure. Mm-hmm. So, And then you think about things... 
like that were kind of popular like i mean this could be just a whole 90s nostalgia trip right here because like i mean you could get like pokemon cards at this time and it wasn't like you had to line up at five in the morning to get one at target like oh, you can't God, like you do bring now that up yet <laughs> like you could Apparently do that's happening now right i mean you, you could do that so easily then you'd have like cool toys like those dual discs um you get like do you remember like those memes where it's like that like knight's castle with like the drawbridge and like those little i had that knight's castle yeah with like the Um, little knight figures yeah i I had that thing and actually as a as a kid um i actually so i I never really messed with the knights too much but i had that castle and so what i did actually is if you remember like the like the army men that Mm -hmm. you would always get like the green and uh tan army men um i would always like kind of go out of my way and find like um like i had because we, we live near a uh, like a civil war battlefield um here where we're where we live so since creek yeah so i actually got like confederate and union soldier like little uh, army men i also got like uh, ninja and samurai army men and i used to like make these elaborate battles as like you know a seven-year-old kid like in my basement with that castle <laughs> like i also had like knights and stuff as, as well so like it was really really cool and like a lot of my imagination kind of came from like just kind of setting all that stuff up watching like and playing like age of empires on the computer on pc mm-hmm. like a lot of that stuff kind of just you know kind of funneled into like why i've always liked history and fantasy and like kind of like you know and you know with teenage mutant ninja turtles which is what we're talking about <laughs> we haven't talked about it yet but um you know it, it all kind of goes into that action camp um where you know like you can have fun with it but also like see some fun action as well it's just weird like we there was so many different viable options of like entertainment but they all kind of had similarities you know like you could watch teenage mutant ninja turtles but then you'd have like gargoyles and and uh, street sharks, which are of the sort of same premise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you get these creatures that that do, that do fighting and stuff like in crime fighting, and then you could get anything like from Transformers having a resurgence in the '90s. You have like Gundam, um, kind of borrowing that. Then you know you would have something like Ultraman, and then you'd have Power Rangers with it. You know, it was it was just such a cool. Um, like a cool, like one of the same, but different for different tastes. You know, if you like this one thing, but there was too much, you could go to another. For me, I was always a big turtles guy. And I think it's because I grew up with a lot of cousins that lived around me and my brother, obviously. Um, just having three people, three other people with you and you can have a, four, a group of four and you can reenact, you know, adventures with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You get the little eye coverings and that was always really fun. Um, and I think it's also, I have to credit that 1990 movie um, being such an influence for me growing up. Like, I remember watching that movie a lot of times and just, like, reenacting the fight scenes and um, just jumping around and trying to do karate stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like, martial arts was so cool as a kid. Yeah, no. Uh, and martial arts was a lot cooler in the 90s, it seemed like, mm-hmm. too. Um, obviously, there's, like, been a revival with uh cobra kai mm-hmm. um but for the most part you know like that a lot of that stuff came from like the 80s and 90s love of like martial arts uh, and the the ilk like taekwondo kung fu karate like all of that was like really huge in that era and um you know we we it seeped into like i guess commercialism which is what like you know we got these properties like teenage mutant Ninja turtles and all these other shows that we mentioned and really, it just kind of went from there. It's like, you know, we bought toys, like um, merchandising was really big. Um, we got VHSs of things. We watched the shows, watched the movies, obviously. 
um, and got in the action figures and like we dressed up as them as well and like we you know pretended that we were these characters and so that was like really really big um, for us growing up because I think overall it just le- it leads to like it leads to social interaction one even though it's like obviously we're a bunch of weirdos like dressing <laughs> up like these things but at the same time you know like we're connecting with things that are much bigger than like what like the surface level of a lot of these things are. And I think, um, you know, like watching something like Secret of the U's where obviously we'll talk a little bit more about like environmentalism a little bit mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, the repercussions of that. And it was, you know, like that is obviously a backdrop of what was happening in the 80s with like the ozone layer and so many other things. I, obviously, I'm making a lot of jumps here, mm-hmm. but obviously watching this with modern eyes as an adult is really interesting to see how all these things are connected in that way. Yeah, and with 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's a commercial success. Like, it's actually one of the highest-grossing independent films of all time. Like, it made so much. It made over... I think it made over $100 million, and it had a smaller budget. It had, like, uh, the Jim Hooper... Or the Jim Henson... Jim um, Henson, yeah. uh, Animatronics in there. Uh, Which he died shortly before the second one came around. Yeah, and I mean, it it, it had really good... um, stunt work like the it was a dark movie it had a lot of 90s references and um really great set piece action uh you know for like a for a martial arts movie like that and uh as a kid i think i was exposed to so much like violence in like a good way i would say like it was fun to like do like these flips and like kick and punch and stuff and you know, like love pizza and like understand like my time and place. And it was also a movie I talk about youth um, in revolt. You know, like the Foot Clan was built among a lot of troubled teenagers in the '90s in New York, um, and it was a big deal. So it did really well. Now I never had seen '91 until Nathan told me he wanted to do this episode, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was surprised um, by how much more of a message there was with this one compared to the first one. Yeah, which, and going back to the first one, thinking a little bit more about the comics and how, like, dark and adult they were mm-hmm. um, to begin with, which is crazy because, like, obviously as we're watching or reading these comics more as we're older, we're like, wow, these are these were a lot darker and they were adapted more towards kids, like, in the, in the properties and, like, in more accessible, right, uh, as they went on. And obviously the film did that. Uh, and the second film did the same thing. And it, the second film, just like Chris was saying, yes, it has a message, but it's still goofy as hell. <laughs> and uh, like the lines are goofy and like a lot of the actions really goofy. Uh, but yeah, there is a little bit more of a messaging here. Yeah, they do a lot of things different. So for those who haven't seen the second movie, it came out literally a year after the first film, which is really never a good sign for sequel movies, I will say. Like, if it comes out a year after, it's going to either be rushed, it's going to be botched in some way. And you kind of see that. My biggest complaint with this movie, even when I tried watching it before for this video, um, in, like, years ago, my problem was they changed the voice acting. So a lot of the voice acting for the, from the first movie is synonymous to the Turtles for me. And the second one, they change it. And it's very noticeable. They changed the actress who played April O'Neil. Now, I was happy to see that different um actors did come back like the voice actor for um master splinter he's back the shredder and his um his right hand man he's they're both back the same actors you get david warner in this movie from the omen and later on he'd be in titanic as well he's in this movie too which 
it's like kind of on wild. TV, yeah. like on TV of the movie. Like he's introduced in TV, but then he shows up as like the scientist who kind of has a lot more to do with the turtles' backstory. You have Vanilla Ice in this movie, yeah, which uh, it was a surprise for you. Yeah, I had no idea Vanilla Ice was going to be this movie, but I will say like these turtle movies have really good soundtracks. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a uh, the, like the soundtrack is definitely to its time, mm-hmm. and definitely you can feel that um, with. With like, uh, obviously, we talked a little bit earlier about like a lot of the the clothing that's coming back in this era, but also it's very apparent with the music as well. <laughs> and with when Vanilla Ice pops up in that club at the very kind of end of the movie, uh, it's definitely an iconic moment, and it's the second biggest song that Vanilla Ice ever produced. So I mean, it's it's still pretty uh, pretty lasting memory. Yeah, on, on the culture, and I think it works for the scene too. It's pretty fun, honestly. Uh, but the thing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze <laughs> is that the movie made a lot of money as well. <laughs> Turtles freaking sell, dude. Like maybe in the early nineties, I don't know. Uh, I action figures, man, and and the, you know, like I said, comic books, action figures, people dressing up like it, like you and you know, like <laughs> your your cousins, and like that's that's how it went. You know, everyone wanted to be a part of this thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I I feel like I am not the only one in saying like, oh, like you learn some traits about yourself with like friends or or cousins and stuff like that with the turtles because it's like. The thing about the turtles it always set was like the certain member was like more driven towards a certain like educational purpose. Like we know the Renaissance named after Renaissance um, painters, painters. Oh well, not just painters, but like artists in general. Yeah, and figures, right? Renaissance Renaissance figures, and like they all had like certain traits. Like Raphael's like the hothead. You know, he's the one who's good at fighting. Leonardo was always the more stoic, you know, leader. And then like Donatello was the the whiz, like the smart guy, and then Donnie Michael was the uh, Michelangelo. He's just the what's his trait? He's the party dude. He's the creative. He's like he's the silly one who wants to just have fun. He's just the vibe, dude. He's the vibe <laughs> in modern terms, which Chris Chris, Chris can explain that better than I. Can. <laughs> right, and, and but here's the thing. I don't know if you noticed the Nathan, but the violence of this movie is significantly toned down compared to the first movie. Yeah, it definitely is. Like you, you were you were kind of alluding to at the very beginning with the first film. It's darker than you expect, but this one is a, certainly a lot friendlier towards the action and uh, like literally all of the fight scenes are goofy in some regard because there's usually some kind of pun that's involved, uh, dad jokes, which <laughs> is what I'm all about, honestly. So. To me, um, I enjoy it now, but obviously, as a kid, I you know I I don't know what I'm watching. I just enjoy what's going on. So, uh, if I'm watching this as a kid, like I'm gonna enjoy it just as much as probably I'm gonna enjoy it as the first one, but probably not see as an adult. If I watched the first film, I would probably see those messages a lot clearer. But this in the second one, like it, the environmental factors are there, but it's still it's more of a fun. Uh, laid-back film comparatively yeah that's that's true but it's also one of the best martial arts movies ever made the first one (laughs) 
ever I ever made. Yeah, the Turtles movies, like, I mean, those who are going to be big, you know, Atkins Undisputed listeners, or they like, they stand like those Criterion Bruce Lee box sets. Or Mortal Kombat. I'm talking or, about 95 Mortal Kombat. Right, or the new Mortal Kombat. Like, they're like, oh, these martial arts movies are so kick ass. Well, go back and watch these first two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. The first five minutes of the movie, you get a legitimately cool martial arts action with that kid, Keto. Yeah, the, the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how old he is, but he totally, totally body shames a woman. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you this. <laughs> that, was like the, that was like one of the first lines, and Chris is like, oh, no, <laughs> like right when it happened. And, and everyone's eating pizza, like Everybody, literally. the police, even the guy's getting, like, handcuffed. Everybody in, in the scene, the opening scene's eating pizza because yeah, it's that it, big of a deal. Did you notice on the sign it said Sal's Pizza, which was weird. So I was like, is this Spike Lee's oh, neighborhood? It's not, it, no, it's not do the right thing. <laughs> Uh, you'd think though, um, but then again, you're like, like no, it's there's all this like you know city light stuff. Like it's it's not like the, it's not super hot, you know. Like, <laughs> out, they out there and it's super bright. I had a hard time like believing this movie actually took place in New York because unlike the first movie, the second one, New York looks really clean. This is a junkyard movie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> But here's the thing about like there's some I think this movie has like both of them but this movie I noticed more the martial arts is really cool because the movie was censored because of the the weapons that the turtles use which is really stupid if you think about it they don't use it to like slice and dice people but they don't really whip them out ever they mostly are just doing hand to hand combat yeah um, you would think I mean my uh, like so Raphael and Leonardo have the sharp weapons <laughs> and they're the ones who don't use those weapons like I, I remember a sequence in in this film where like Leonardo like stabs two swords in the ceiling and like two henchmen are on the uh, either side of each other and they have like you know bow staffs and whatnot and they're about to hit each other or actually they're about to hit um, you know Donatello or sorry uh, they're about to hit Leonardo and he like grabs the sword sticks him in the ceiling like does like a gymnastics move to get out of the way and then the bow staff people hit each other like the two foot clan hits each other and mike's like well you could have just sliced them what idiots what idiots come on did you ever have like a favorite turtle growing up um yeah i mean i, I was oh, always here we go. stereotypical leonardo fan oh. just because i was always a fan of like swords um but like as an adult uh, and one that I grow more akin to, I like Michelangelo because he's the fun one. Yeah, Michelangelo. Like, did you make? I'm pretty sure you cracked a joke about uh, other fellow podcasters that you knew about the turtles. I did mention um, a, a friend group of ours, and I, I did talk about you, myself, and, and another YouTube or another podcaster, and then another friend who has actually been a guest on your podcast. Yeah, why don't yes. you go into that? Bold of you to assume we're just all friends too. Oh yeah, both of us. <laughs> um, you know, I did compare us to the four turtles, and I said like, who would be who? And uh, so Seth, Seth, if you're listening, um, buddy, you're Leo. You're our leader. Um, I definitely picked you. Um, Chris, I chose you as Michelangelo. You're the goofball of the group. Um, this is why he's so lovable. Um, and then uh, I, I chose myself as Raphael because I'm the hothead. I'm the one who... You I mean, definitely start fights the most frequent, yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Um, but then I picked uh, our boy Daniel as um, as Donatello. It's because Donatello is always like the one who ruins like the cowabunga, and then he'll be like, somebody's like bodacious, and he'll be like bossa nova, 
And then people were like, what? That's like Daniel. Bossa Nova, like, yeah, come on, Stan Getz. Everyone knows <laughs> Bossa Nova. Listen, if you don't like Bossa Nova, get out of here. And of course, Dana's going to be the one that doesn't understand the jive. Like He's he's the dad of the group. I, well, I might be the dad of the group. <laughs> but um, anyway, Daniel, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, I think you'd be a great, great Donatello. Man, Chris, I'll let Chris do all the talking. It's so good that you did your last episode with him because you'll never be on again. <laughs> But secret of the news, so you, you were the one who brought me to, to watch this with you and stuff. Like, why why do you like uh, secret of the news a lot? It can't just be because of the environmentalism. You weren't that smart as a kid. <laughs> I was not that smart as a kid. Uh, no, I just have, a, like, mo- actually most of my memories of these first two films mm-hmm. come mostly from the second one. Okay. Which is weird because obviously it's definitely, like, the weaker of the two. But, um, like, Super Shredder... Um, the ooze itself. Um, we have um, two creatures who are not Bebop and, Bebop and Rocksteady <laughs> in this film, who are like Mama. What's their names again? Uh, let me. It's Toka and Toka and Razar. Razar, yeah. It's Toka, a... Toka and Razar, a snapping turtle, <laughs> and like a like a wolf, a, a wolf dog. Even though, like, when they reverted, it, it's definitely a dog. Yeah, it looks like, like a husky. It looks like a husky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, Toka and Razar, Tokar and Razar, they're not, they're not Bebop and Rock City. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, going back and thinking about my childhood, I, I remember Super Shredder very well. I remember the Ooze very well. I remember uh, this, like the Foot Clan. I don't know why, but like I, I have like a, a photographic memory more with this film. Uh, oh. This movie is visually more appealing than the first one. The first one is pretty dark. Um, it's a lot of good storytelling and action, but there isn't like a lot of like kid, like attention for kids to draw into. You know what I mean? This movie, like you said, there is a lot of, uh, visual cues in here that would set with, if I was a kid, I would remember a lot of this stuff. This would also be the movie I probably play when my parents are fighting in the background because they can't pay the mortgage. (laughs) And I just turn the volume up more when Toka and Razar are on screen. You're like, remember the time that Splinter had like a, like a bow and arrow and like a quiver on his back and he saved the turtles from Toka and Razar and and Splinter or in, uh, in Shredder and, and the Foot Clan in that junkyard that they were fighting. It's like, Oh mom and dad are, you guys are fighting about the mortgage. (laughs) Um, well, I'm going to turn this up. <laughs> yeah, this I have a lot of movies where it's like my comfort movie when there's like family duress and there's a lot of fighting. Like Rob Zombie movies like make me feel at home. Like That's that's disturbing. You need to talk to a counselor. <laughs> <laughs> you need to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> but I will say, I got to credit TMNT too, man. Like it really feels like it's paying homage to a lot of deep cuts of the comics like the goofiness of the 80s tmnt2 is like the one that captures it the most which is weird because the 1991 feels a lot more reminiscent of that 2000s show that came out later yeah uh, it's interesting uh that you bring up the 80s too like obviously like things like this and like showdown in Loto tokyo which came out like in the early 90s as well like had like that reminiscent feeling from like the 80s like mm-hmm. it still feels like an 80s movie yeah um even though it's not um, it still had like that residue that existed <laughs> or that ooze that still Ooh. existed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I guess it would go more towards the, the, the cartoon that it would pop populate in the two thousands because like we said, the first film 
a little bit darker than the second and obviously more commercially successful is to appeal to kids and if the parents of the kids want to watch this thing then yeah of course they're gonna go more towards that route but i still feel like there's enough for the adults in this movie too you get like vanilla ice you know <laughs> the adults are into vanilla ice <laughs> It's like ah, oh, like like dad and mom are like it's like oh hell yeah, yeah. Vanilla Ice is popping up in this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is for me. Yeah, and Kevin Nash is in this movie too. Which, what you had we didn't we didn't know Kevin Nash was in this film, and but I will say like learning about that he was Super Shredder <laughs> was pretty damn cool. It was like AK Diesel, right? Yeah, Diesel. You know Kevin Nash. He's you know he's WCW. WCW. I mean, if you're more recent fan of his. He's in the Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler, um, but yeah, Kevin Nash, uh, he's in there. I it's, wish Scott Hall was in this movie though. That Razor Ramon is not—he's too cool for it. Yeah, okay? I, I mean, he would have fit in the crowd with like a hairy chest and like curls. Right, he could—he could have been one of the Foot Clans. He could have been. Oh, here's the thing about this movie, man. The Foot Clan are chomps in this movie. The first movie, they're pretty cool because like there's Danny, which is funny. We we're talking about Daniel, but there's a kid named Danny in this movie um, who joins the Foot Clan. Um, Shredder, I swear to God, how does he fucking live? Because when he pops up in this movie, I'm like, holy shit. Like, forget everything you thought in the first movie. He's back, baby. He keeps coming back. Yeah. And that's and that's what he does. And he feels more like, I, like he feels more reminiscent, like I said earlier, of like the 1980s incarnation of him. Like with the purple cape, you know, and everything. Doing like the science experiments. He's totally like of the 80s, which I really like. Yeah. Him and uh, his his right hand man, who is just making noises. I don't think he's actually in ever in the comics. I feel like he's just in this these movies. I don't know. I haven't read the comics in a long time, mm. but maybe maybe he is. But where was Kran or Crawl or the aliens? Uh, Krang. Krang. Yeah. Uh, Krang, which I, I I'm not going to butcher how I talk like Krang, um, but you know maybe a little too far out there for <laughs> the the live action crowd. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think this movie is pretty fun. It's not like I feel like if I want to watch a like a, a legitimately like OG movie, I'm going to watch 1990. But 1991 has some rewatchability. I'm not going to lie. Like it's pretty fun. It's entertaining. The action is pretty good. I was genuinely surprised in how good the choreography was. It's crazy. We haven't talked about the plot. <laughs> and we're about 40 minutes into this. Well, that's because people need to like listen to our pros and cons so then they can just go watch the movie. Ah, true. Well, I, I, you want to do a little bit of a plot? Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. So there's a lot of mishaps in this movie, but like the central story is from the first movie. Um, they talk about how the turtles came to be, which is they were a botched um, experiment of sorts because um, the company that was doing pollution with their um, liquid experiments got into the sewers, hence how the turtles and splinters showed up. They're still, like, this literally, like, takes off, like, I feel like days after the after the first movie ends. Yeah, it's not that long after. But, like, Casey, um, Casey is not in this movie at all. He just disappears. Yeah. He's, he's playing hockey somewhere. Casey Jones is gone. He's gone. Yeah. Even though he was totally about to bang April at the end of the first in one. In his place. Well, actually, with based on what you just said, I can't, I can't say what I was going to say. <laughs> but I was going to say, you said Casey Jones is gone. Like, now Nathan Jones is here. In his place. Oh, no. And then immediately you said he's there to, you know, be with April. And I'm like, well, that's not me. Really crazy thing, though. Do you remember at the, like, in the middle of um, TMNT 1 from 1990, Raph leaves the theater and it's Critters 1 or 2? 
And like in the background of he just watching, he goes like, "Man, where do they come up with this stuff?" And then Casey uh, Casey Jones shows up and they start fighting. I vaguely do recall this part. I love 1990 TMNT, which is why like I feel bad talking about Secret of the Ooze because it will never like no movie can surpass 1990 for me. Like that's that's just, that's the best movie of all time. It's on the pedestal of one of the best independent films of all time. Like Blood Simple, people talk about like one of the best independent films, the Coen Brothers. Like, wow, this is like the debut of the Coen Brothers. But like, does it does it compare to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Honestly, I would, I, I honestly believe TMNT is a way better movie than Blood Simple. There too much know. of a Western type film, too. For yeah, me. Westerns, you know, they're only for people uh, who watch them on Sundays <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, um, like Chris was saying, you know, we we figure out what the origins of Splinter and the Turtles here, and he's, like you said, it's a couple days after, like you know, not that long after. Where Shredder comes back, he's still alive, um, and what he's doing is he discovers that there is a nuclear um, th- a catastrophe happening, and one of his uh, members, who works for the TV crew, who is covering that catastrophe, discovers that there is a secret ooze that happens to be like making things like grow exponentially, and he takes this ooze and he, he inserts them into two animals who are not Bebop and Rocksteady. And and really from there uh, just uses those uh, animals like like we got to destroy the turtles and like the turtles are just trying to foil that and uh, it's pretty much the most of the plot really like it's, there's not much of a plot here it's yeah it's it's pretty cut and dry like, yeah it's pretty simple yeah so it's like for those who aren't into film this is a way to get your feet wet uh, yeah just dip them in some in some ooze. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm I haven't actually seen the third one, which is well, well I, I turtles in, turtles in time turtles in time, I, I think is what it's called. I am like generally interested in watching that one because two was two's not as good as 90, 90 but it, it's for a sequel it it, it does kind of pack a punch. It, I mean, it's more kid friendly, so it's kind of weird. Like if you want the more one for like for the adults, it's nineteen ninety for the kids. Ninety one is totally going to be the one for you. Um, and like I said, if you're a fan of that 1980s animated TV show, 91 might be the one for you. I'd say watch them all. I mean, I would even watch the third one, which is, I, I mean, obviously I haven't watched it with a modern eye, but (laughs) I would say, I, I know it's the weakest of the three and it's, I think it's mainly from, I want to say the practical and makeup effects because they're like really botched in the third one if i recall like you can tell like it's just a guy wearing like a turtle suit and uh the head like is the most noticeable one part about it and I, i'm sure that there's people who like you know who are doing the voices who aren't there and like in different products but anyway um long story short it's still a, a fun fun film to watch especially if you have kids like and that's the thing is like if you're if you're around kids or like you know, maybe you're around your friends who, like, maybe you're going through a nostalgia phase, or you know, looking back at some of these films. I think it's a it's a it's a fun time to revisit them, and uh, yeah, I just like you know, don't put too much thought into watching these movies. Yeah, but I I still think there's like a lot you can take away from like Nathan talked about like the environmentalism. I also think about like um, the 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 public. Like the public's responsibility in keeping corporations in check. April O'Neil is a news reporter who's always in the first and second one. She's dedicated to revealing the truth, letting the public eye know of these damages. 
Um, it's also like about acceptance too. Like the turtles throughout both movies are always like Splinter always says, "We can't go in the, we can't leave the sewers. It's not where we belong. People won't like us." Even though it's always like kids, usually um, outcasts. So in the first one, Danny was like an outcast of a, didn't want to get along with his corporate father, and in the second one, um, Keto, he's just a pizza delivery boy. Um, he he accepts the turtles. He's fascinated by them. Um, and and in, a, in a movies where they take place in some place like a melting pot like New York, um, you know, a lot of cultures are clashing. Um, this movie, I think, really is like about acceptance, you know? Yeah, and definitely. I, and I think it does show, like, in, I think it's funny, like, when they're fighting and Vanilla Ice is dancing, everyone's freaked out when they see the turtles and stuff. But when they see them, they think it's a show and they think it's cool and they get all along behind it. I think that kind of shows, like regardless of how you look or who you are like people you know will recognize like what who you are and what you're doing and like back that up you know and kind of adopt that which i think in the ni- early 90s was a big deal of like different cultures accepting another culture's like hip hop was such a revolving thing in the late early 90s and people wanted a taste of that kind of lifestyle fresh prince came out you know people were really adopting that kind of thing and i think that's really important what these turtle movies are and i think that's also a really cool thing that i feel like the turtles are such a universally loved property in general i mean in the 90s even after the movies they were doing like public service announcements on pbs they were like doing commercials they did like live broadway broadcasts even though they were pretty shitty (laughs) um people love them because like they're like really good message senders you know yeah uh and i would i would definitely definitely echo the idea of like what we were talking about earlier with a bunch of like street sharks, gargoyles, like a lot of these things are just all about others, like othering. And it really just kind of, I honestly, I, I feel like looking at these with adult eyes and thinking about like just the, the idea of like a child being exposed to people who look different or, I mean, obviously none of these characters actually exist in real life, but the general idea of is like just acceptance. And I think that's like that's a, a big. It's a very big key to why I think a lot of us in this community are so accepting is because we expose ourselves early and we keep exposing ourselves constantly throughout the, our our time with movies or TV shows, and with that we come an understanding, uh, even though we don't live in those shoes uh, of, of people from different backgrounds and different areas. And I think that's just a wonderful thing, and that's. Definitely, like, obviously, like, we're going pretty deep with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for this aspect, but I think it's still uh, a really big deal, especially, like, if you're, you know, like, those seeds as a kid are planted, and it does show, like, obviously, you know, uh, growing up and being around, um, you know, those those things that really uh, kind of showcase those things that were are really, are, our subconscious really show us. And I think that's a really cool, really cool thing. And I actually, that's what, something that I, I like about watching this, you know, with modern eyes um, that I appreciated. Dude, shell yeah. Dude, shell yeah. I'm just saying, man, Donatello's a chump, dude. Like with the bow stick, how is that still a, like a real like ninja weapon? I don't know. Have you ever played Tekken? <laughs> Yo, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't don't count it out. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of like '90s uh, martial arts things, talk about the go to Tekken video game franchise. Yeah, that, Soul Calibur, uh, you know, uh, Street Fighter, all those games were like Mortal Kombat. All those mm-hmm. games were just huge. And like you said, we, we've 
talked about martial arts and how, how, how big of a, a thing it was on the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cra- kind of crazy. It's kind of it kind of gotten a revival a little bit more with the new Mortal Kombat and uh, a few other properties. Dude, martial arts is like back, baby. Oh yeah, Cobra Kai, Mortal Kombat. Like yeah, these things are coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, aren't you taking karate too? Like I think you tried to do a move on me right before we started recording. Well, we got to cut this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do anything like that. Uh, well, Nathan, what's your next venture, guy? Um, you know, like I said, I think uh, I'm gonna go with uh, a new challenge that I have because I just keep buying things <laughs> that go on my shelves, and I, you know, I feel like you know having some kind of structure is a is a good plan going forward with this, and I honestly want to share that with other people because I know that I'm not the only one out there who uh, buys films and like takes a while to watch them. Uh, so I, I feel like this would be something fun to expose other people to a challenge that I might be thinking about. Um, and then, yeah, uh, just the typical kind of just watching as things go on, uh, you know, as I, as I, when I'm feeling and, uh, yeah, as I'm going along. Yeah, and where can people find this um, extremely indie YouTube channel that you have? Ah, uh, yes. Um <laughs> You can find me at Nathan Jones on YouTube, and obviously that name is fairly common. Uh, speaking of wrestlers. Speaking of wrestlers, <laughs> the Australian wrestler Nathan Jones, this is my spiel, is that uh, if you type my name in YouTube, you'll probably find the Mad Max Fury Road Troy slash WWF uh, former wrestler Nathan Jones, uh, but that's not me. I you can try to find me at Nathan Jones Blu-ray like you can type that in or Nathan Jones movie review uh, I'll pop up uh, and I'll uh, that's where you can find me and I'm sure that Chris will probably put some kind of link in the description of some sort yeah definitely I will and Nathan you'll definitely be on for our next sequel episode where we talk about the rock versus John Cena Wrestlemania sequel remember when they first fought in Wrestlemania and then they come back for a second time around you'll be on for that I can't see that <laughs> But you can follow you can follow Nathan on YouTube and he's also on Twitter as well. Links will be in the description at all. Um, if you are a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up, or just you know forgot about sequels, don't don't get enough love. Um, you should think about following this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sequel Pod. You can also follow this uh, show is available on um, iTunes and on Spotify. Check us out on our website at www.insidethesequel.com. Um, It looks like it's a sketch site, but just go through the BS because it's legit. I promise you that. Um, And you can follow me as well for all my distaste for Westerns and anything of relevance. Um, That's at Hurtastic underscore Chris on Twitter as well. Um, I want to thank you all, especially Nathan, for joining on this episode. And for those who are listening, um, give us a like. I'd really appreciate some uh, reviews. I get a kick out of um, people actually enjoying this podcast. Um, But other than that... Thank you all for listening, and remember, if you aren't into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, do you really care about cinema? Anyway, we'll see you next time. <laughs>